Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Welcome back. And we have a a great discussion for y'all this week. First off, let's do the introductions. Let's get to that real quick. This is Jose. This is Wolfie. AJ. And this is Walt. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, guys? All right. So a couple of quick disclaimers, as you might have heard uh, around the grapevine. We are recording remotely, so any audio artifacts or issues that you hear, please bear with us. You're also, we're also uh, completely welcome if you want to let us know, give us some feedback on any audio issues that you might hear. We hope that we've ironed most of it out, Uh, but thank you for bearing with us if there are any issues that have bugged you in the past. And again, feedback is welcome. The best way to support your favorite podcast crew is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite Get Geek podcast check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music wherever all your favorite podcasts are sold please give us some feedback again it is the best way to support your favorite podcast crew and speaking of uh our fans we have a giveaway winner that we do need to announce well can you tell us a little bit about who won our most recent giveaway Yes, the world famous Get Geek podcast giveaway. Um, this <laughs> this one, world famous. famous, right? Famous, maybe not, but worldwide, definitely. Um, this one was the Funko Pop number three seventy nine. That was the Star Wars, the child with him eating the frog, and um, the giveaway ended on Friday, and so we do have a winner. That is, drum roll, please. Legit Slowboy underscore Jordy. He is our winner of the awesome-looking Baby Yoda with Frog. Um, We've announced it here. We'll put it up on the Instagram on Wednesday, and we'll reach out to you via direct message to get your information and get you this awesome child with Frog. Congratulations. Really, really interesting. I think that um, these the giveaways that we've been giving – um, are going to end up, you know, I think on the uh, in the aftermarket, I guess, you know, at a much higher value because, the, the, like, henceforth, there will be no more pops called the child, I think. Right? That is true. Based on so this episode. I'm glad that I stocked up on my, you know, um, versions of these pops uh, that all say the child, which I think are going to be a little extra ex- exclusive. That go. might that actually might be true. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that might be true. We'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Especially the one that we that gave later. away. The one that we gave away in the summer was an Amazon exclusive. So there you go. Super cool. Yeah, that's why I say right, world right. famous, world <laughs> famous people. We picked some pretty cool Funko Pops, that's for sure, and that's. Yeah. <clears throat> Mainly on Wolfie, I see. I feel like you pick a lot of some of the great punk, Funko Pops. Well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, you know, spruce up uh, our our platform and what we do. Not just give, not just giving good content with the podcast, but also creating these uh, prizes and all that stuff for you guys. 
out there. So, um, but that being said, you know, we're going to get into that name change a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But today, we're going to be focusing on, first, we're going to do our round of geek outs. You know, um, it's been a while since I've been on the show. So I'd like to kind of catch up with everyone. And then after that, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian chapter 13. Huge, huge, momentous episode for Star Wars lore. Um, and can't wait to get into huge. that. So I think that we're going to like try to keep our geek outs a little bit you know, concise, you know, um, so definitely want to catch up with you guys, but you know, I can't wait to, to get to the Mandalorian. So with that being said, who wants to get started? Who, who, who's the first one ready to geek out? I'll get to it first. I'll jump into right. it first real quick. Cause I was just playing I'll go right um, after I'm going to go right after, because I have something that I think that I'm going to geek out over that I think okay. you're going to be super excited about. Okay, cool. All right, so I'll, I'll start with my my geek out. Um, like I said, I was playing it just a little bit earlier, so it's some video games, um, or maybe like kind of a genre of video games, we'll say. Uh, I've been playing a lot of strategy games, which is a, a, one of my favorite genres of video game. Strategy being like SimCity, uh, you know, Civilization, and The Sims as well. Um, you know, any kind of... of strategy real-time strategy simulation or like you know civilization or or city building type game is something that's a favorite genre of mine of civilization is actually one of if not my my all-time favorite strategy game genre and i recently purchased uh civilization six and for those of you that are not familiar with civilization uh, again, it's just basically a strategy game, and the the point of it is you are you choose a civilization, hence the name, at the beginning of the game, and it can be the American civilization, you know, Egyptian civilization, um, you know, all kinds of civilizations throughout history, Indian civilization. Um, you get a world leader, which is you know maybe like Gandhi for India or Roosevelt for America, Teddy Roosevelt, and you get perks with each leader. Um, and you just have to build a society. You build cities, you build troops, you build amenities for your citizens that make them happier or amenities that like increase the gold of your civilization, the culture, which can increase your chances of winning what's called a cultural victory. Think of it like uh, America in modern times with Hollywood and kind of how Hollywood is like a big cultural influence on the world. Oh, okay. Um, so you also have to, there's another way you can win by like doing science, uh, or, or, you know, having really, really good science in your civilization. And you can, uh, the end of that is you like launch a, a, a spacecraft to another planet and like colonize another planet. So there's different end games to it. Like the way that you build out your civilization and, you know, this is the sixth one, as I mentioned, uh, it came out a little while ago. I think it came out about a year or two ago, actually. And I've been playing it ever since Civilization Two, since high school. So that was like the, the late '90s, and I've played pretty much every one since then. Um, they're all, you know, varying degrees of awesome. But again, it's one of my favorite favorite strategy uh, or my favorite genres. And again, this is one of my favorites in the genre. And I was playing another game as well in the strategy sort of vein for the Xbox One. I was playing. Uh, Civilization 6 on my PlayStation 4 Pro. And on Xbox One, on Game Pass, there's a pretty great game that's in a similar vein called Stellaris. And there's not much to, to say about it. 
in terms of differences other than, I mean, it's set in space. So that's pretty cool. You have to colonize different planets, you know, different, different parts of the galaxy and you create a space empire. A lot of the functions are still the same, but you just extrapolate them to space. You have troops and all of that, um, you know, and transports and all of that. And I mean, it's, you know, it's just a, a genre that I've always enjoyed for a very long time. So I've been playing a lot of that lately and it's been pretty cool because actually my girlfriend has gotten way into civilization six as well. Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a friend awesome. of hers has really been into it and, and really been suggesting it to her. Yeah. And she's enjoying it a lot too. So we kind of like help each other out with our civilization. That's really cool. Yeah, that's also cool. when you it's... can like find like a video game, something that's like, you know, usually like a personal hobby for someone. Yeah. You find something like that. Like you can kind of, you know, I guess get your significant other partner to kind of take part in. So, yeah. Yeah. And how cool is it that it's one of my favorite, you know, yeah, properties yeah, yeah. of all time, you know, like, I think that's really cool also. Cause I can, it's like fun to like explain little details and how you win the game to her. And, you know, she's been playing it a lot as well. So, you know, I've been playing that for the last couple of weeks, just enjoying some video games. And I have definitely been watching some stuff that's and all of that too. But that's that's been the big thing that I've been geeking out over for the last you know week or so. That's cool. Um, that's a little bit different. Me. Yeah, that's a little bit different. It's dope, man. It's been a good time. Um, all right, so what I've been geeking out over, um, mm -hmm. like I said, something that's a, a little <laughs> bit uh, kind of in your realm, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I've been reading, uh, or I've read actually finished it, um, Junji Ito's uh, Venus in the Blind Spot dope i don't know if uh, you're aware or familiar of what this uh compilation book is mm -hmm. uh but it's a uh, compilation book of all of his uh from what i understand his his best or some of his most popular short stories mm -hmm. um obviously off of your re recommendation with uh, uh uzumaki um i've been wanting to check it out but those books can seem a little bit dense even though manga yeah. is very quick and easy to read and i was kind of in my you know local you know um comic book shop a few weeks ago vinyl fantasy and and i saw it and you know I, I picked it up actually as a gift for someone really really special to me and i you know while waiting because i was planning on like holding on to this for you know the right time to 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 give it away and all that but um you know i read it and i read some of the short stories actually beforehand i didn't realize this but i read some some of these short stories beforehand and i got to read all of the short stories in this compilation and man mm -hmm. You, you're you're absolutely right. He's really, really good at the whole, you know, page turning reveal, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, when he when 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 you get to the point where, like, you're going to get that shock factor, you know, um, panel, that's that that doesn't happen until the page turn. Right. Like something will happen. Some sort of news will come out. Oh, yeah. Um, and you'll see like the last panel on the page be a face of shock. And then you turn the page and you get this big spread of like some gory, horrific scene. And, 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 and it's just, you know, it's, it's really oddity. good how, how yeah. very, very odd, very, mm -hmm. you know, different when you think of, of horror. But then again, the Japanese do horror, you know, magnificently. I, I feel like Japanese horror is its own, you know, genre altogether. Um, but yeah, like I've been, you know, geeking out over that, finished reading it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I loved every bit of it. Now I kind of want to actually pick up Uzumaki and, 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 and read that, you know, even though I've been wanting to, um, 
Well, Walt but, has uh, my copy. I don't think he's finished reading it yet. Have you? Oh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my own no, copy. No, yeah. I, you know, you you guys know that I like to collect books, so that's true. You know, I have a lot in storage it's worth right it. now, but I I you know I you know I'm gonna definitely add this to the um to the repertoire or to the library rather. Mm-hmm. One thing that I picked up that was kind of funny or that I noticed while I'm reading this, especially during this time, is that like um, a lot of these books have to deal with scaring people into hanging out with other people or scaring people into like hanging out in groups, which is kind of like perfect for like what's going on right now, you know, with social distancing. And I think anybody <laughs> that like needs to be scared into social distancing, maybe should read this <laughs> compilation book. So, you know, like the, one of the first stories in the book has to deal with uh, this kid who he, he he's, he's kind of a recluse. Um, he, for, you know, for, for reasons of bullying and whatever, he's just like decided not to go to school. And he's been in his, his room for seven years and has not gone out at all. But in this time when his friends from, from school are trying to get him out and hanging out and stuff like that, all of a sudden people are getting killed and they're only getting killed if they're like, in groups so it's like as long as you're not hanging out in a group you don't have the danger of getting killed so um, yeah it's just kind of one thing is like basically like hey you know read this if you want to be scared into you know hanging out in groups yeah a lot of it is 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 a, a lot to do with like different aspects of japanese culture which is which is really interesting like well, jr yeah. does that a lot which is cool yeah um i so mean that's I've, what i've been I've, geeking out on Uzumaki is a quick read, so I think you'll get through that one quick. All mangas really are, but, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that book is still quite thick. <laughs> I, I will say the only one that I've been taking a little bit time of time to get through, because I, um, I read Tomie, and then uh, Gyo mm. is one that I've been reading, and that, that one's been taking me a little time. I got through Tomie pretty quick. Gyo, well. Gyo is uh, one of the most highly rated, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good, but it's taking me a little bit longer to get through. I mean... I haven't been reading as much manga lately as well. I've been doing some other mm-hmm. things. So, you know, okay. you just know how the ebb and flow goes. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad you're reading that, man. That's cool. Yeah, super dope. So, All right. uh, yeah, that's me. Who's next? Yeah. That would be a little. Oh, that would be me. <laughs> let's 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 <laughs> check in. Can, can, can we go ahead and, like, you know, shoot him <laughs> with, like, five espressos in the eyeballs yeah <laughs> we're just checking in <laughs> all right so don't get too excited about the geek out i got uh i got put on to a game i haven't played in ages again mm-hmm. and i recently just got myself a copy because at least in our household we have the xbox one out here but then to each our own when it comes to 360s in the rooms so I got myself a copy in the room, and this game oh is GTA Five. Oh my god! Mm, all right. By God, I forgot how much fun it is. All the little mini games I'd give myself. You know how much havoc you caused in that game? Not even funny. Oh man, I, I, I haven't. I'm gonna get to the story soon, but I, I've just been, like I said, I've been playing these mini games, and let's see what's one of them. Oh. Uh, one of the things I'll do is I will hijack a bus, and if there's anyone on the bus, I will make it a point to run it off into the river. Because they were supposed to be getting somewhere, but instead of going somewhere, they're taking an express to Atlantis. 
these uh, sociopathic uh, tendencies that we're talking about here. Are you doing it in, in first person? Because it's way more sociopathic in first person, I feel like, when you play nah, GTA 5. I, I like the third person view. Oh, yeah, I, I get it. It's easier. But, yeah. like, you have to think about your choices in that first person view more. Yeah. The other thing I like to do, I'm, I'm going to name off a couple of the things I do. Uh, I call this one um, a sidewalk bowling. So what I'll do is I'll get into a car of my choice, normally hijacked, and mm-hmm. then I'll just drive on the sidewalk. And basically, yeah. people are the what do you call those things in uh, bowling? Pins. The pins. The pins. Yes, they're the pins. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to find like the heavily heavily populated areas of Los Angeles, which is basically I normally frequent boardwalks. I still ha- I still haven't told them how to drive. This is scaring me right now. <laughs> you know. So. Now you know what's gonna happen. Oh wait, no! I didn't just take any car. I made it a point to take an ambulance. Because normally ambulances are there to help you, but in this case they're out there trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Oh I wouldn't teach him to drive. And then the newest <laughs> <Exactly>. thing <laughs> the newest thing that I've picked up is I discovered airports. <laughs> oh so yeah, what I'll yeah. do is That's I'll a big take thing in the one GTA of those games. mini jets. And He's trying to get I into f- the Air Force base. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> the You're first, probably getting so, shot down, right? Yeah, or so no. I'll, I'll tell you guys how I got there. So the first thing I would do is either A, when I got the jet, I would fly around for a little bit. And if I didn't find a blimp to run myself into... <laughs> <laughs> So you're just now you understand the allure of the game. Now you understand why so many people actually <laughs> play this game for hours on end. Yeah, like, is you there know, like even a story involved here? You know, there is. It's a murderous sandbox, but yes, there's a story usually. And if I couldn't find a blimp, I would just run into the highway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take I, out as many I, cars I as you that. can. I saw that. You you see him flying around the city looking for the, the highway that has the most cars, and then it's just a dive right down. It's just like, really, dude? Yeah. So so there was this one time I figured, I'll just, let's see if I can fly, how, how, how long I can keep this flying thing going. And I, you know, test landings, go back up. And there was this one time I flew over an air. Uh, I was looking for another airport, and I figured, oh, look, there's a runway. I'll go to it. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. as I'm coming in for the landing, I get shot down. Oh, yeah. That was the, I'm like, what the hell? Wait. The is this military, a military base. base? Yeah. And so my next objective there was that no matter what, I had to get into a vehicle and power it up. And I would continually try to go for the jet, but I eventually found a helicopter and mm. completed that goal. You power, power it up? What do you mean power, power it up? Like get into it, start it up, and at least try to leave. <laughs> oh, in the military base. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Got you. And that I was always difficult in the previous games as well. Before getting shot down by a tank. <laughs> was it GTA 3 that had that little like plane that was almost impossible to fly? I th- Like the, the little like world war one plane that you just basically could fly like 
few hundred yards and it would crash. And there was like a, there, there was a stat in the game that was like how far you could fly the plane because they knew you were going to crash it. I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, flying planes has always been kind of a thing in, yeah. in these GTA games. And so now the last thing I've been doing mm-hmm. is what I'll do is I'll call a cab. And once the cab gets to my front door, I will hijack it and then offer people cab services. <laughs> but if they take me to a place I don't well, like, do. after they pay me, I will kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And GTA depending is on how bad that place is, <laughs> it's either the knife or my bare fists. Oh, my God. <laughs> Life is the last thing you learn. <laughs> oh, GTA man. is like the ultimate escapism for like people that like, you know. Obviously, AJ is not a murdering psychopath. We all know. Obviously, this. wink, wink. I <laughs> hope that he's not. But I'm sleeping with one eye open. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing that worries me is how much laughter we've gotten out of AJ just describing the action. That's what I'm saying. This is like the most the most emotion we've ever gotten from him ever. (laughs) More so than talking about anything Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) This is insane. Video game murder. Oh my gosh. So that's been my run through of GTA five. To date, <laughs> you know, again, once once again, you know, GTA Five. Let's just to remind you guys, John Diaz, who we had on the uh, show as I, I did an interview with, he worked on GTA Five. Mm-hmm. So, oh, really, you know, just yeah, instrumental. Yeah. He worked on. He was instrumental to GTA Five, some of the missions as well as uh, some of the core missions, as I believe, as well as um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the side quests. I believe I don't remember where his. Um, Work. Like his specific contributions were, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, gotta re- I, I don't remember. I I know that in Red Dead he worked, you know, some of the side missions mainly, I believe, and I think in GTA Five he had a little bit more hands on, um, on the uh, design of some of the main missions. I think, I I think so. I believe I gotta I gotta double check with him. Well, mm-hmm. he's probably gonna chime in because he's a he's a regular listener of the of of our podcast, um. So I'll expect you know some sort of a uh, correction. <laughs> or insight from him uh sometime this week so like no it was not the side missions <laughs> yeah that was a really good podcast and our fans so, should check it out if you haven't done so yeah if you guys want to hear an awesome you know an awesome interview that 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 i did with uh our friend um john r diaz who now is a uh senior tech designer for electronic arts he is officially an electronic artist um <laughs> check that out you know look it up it's a really cool interview for those of you guys that want to have any kind of interest in what it takes to be a game designer or what the life of a game designer is like um and you know all that so uh but yeah so um aj it, or is there anything anything else you wanted to add to that or or is it walt's turn now just that if I ever get my hands on some semi-automatic weapons, it's not oh going to be God. a good day for the people of Los Santos. <laughs> you will. Especially oh when I'm able to successfully raid military bases. Oh, you boy. haven't done the aliens yet. <laughs> Do it in first person. Own your murderous choices, okay? I'm telling you, it's harder to pull that trigger on that old lady or that, like, little, that, like, y- younger person when you're oh staring at them in first person. 
This is a family so, podcast. Yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so I'm saying, man, I'm, I'm trying to like get away from the violence. Uh, let's do that by uh, going to Walt. I mean, Indeed. to me, just just as a, I I, I, I kind of have to comment on that. Uh-huh. I do similar or next to worse in Skyrim, and that's first person too. So just gonna put that out there. Mm, okay, spells can be pretty dangerous. All right. All right, all right. Uncomfortable silence after murderous comments. Walt, what's what's your what's your geek out for all this right. this week? Saving the best for last. Well, always. May, <laughs> sure. May, maybe not the best after after you hear what I was. I'm geeking. <laughs> um. How how do I even start this? Okay, from the mind of Dimitri Logothetis, right? He. Believe it or not, this movie was a comic book beforehand. Mm-hmm. And what? Uh, yes, it was. I, I'm, oh, I'm, God. I pointed I'm, it out. I'm dying yeah. to go on to Comixology and, and download this thing. And I'm going to do this shortly. I just haven't had the time. But this was a comic book first. And yeah. this was written and, and you know, created by the same guy that did this movie. The movie that I'm talking about. So this movie stars um, Tony really? Jaa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is him. He took he took his own original property, which was the comic book. Literally came out, I think, five years ago. Okay, and he said, "You know what? This is probably a good idea to make into a movie." Why he thought that, I have no idea. But he got some pretty decent people to get onto this movie. Um, Tony Jaa is on this movie, so you a lot of people know him Legend. as Ambok the Protector. He is a famous Muay Thai fighter, right? Um, well, he's a, a Muay Thai practitioner, um, a.k.a. movie star. Um, we also have Juju Chan that's on here. Um, she is she, she was a fan of Jackie Chan, and she's also a martial artist practitioner. She knows Shotokan, Wushu, Wing Chun, Taekwondo. Um, so there's some cred there, right? Uh, Frank Grillo is in this movie. Now, Frank Grillo is not a martial artist, but, you know, he has been in a lot of action movies, and he is a boxing no, no, aficionado. No, 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 no. I got to correct you there. He is a martial I, artist. I don't know. I, I believe he is. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Yeah, he yeah. He, he, he did that yeah. whole he trains, movie. That talked he about does boxing. Arts. I know that he does boxing. No, no, he, he's, no, he, he does he, more he's than a boxer, that. but he also does train kickboxing and Muay Thai. As okay. well as jujitsu, dab- okay. I would say dabbles. He's, he's like an MMA media. guy, but right, you know, I yeah. think that like his whole thing is that he was he's mainly a boxer. I think he even fought, um, yes, and then and then got into martial arts in general. And then he has actually a martial arts series on Netflix. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That so that, but, know, but that's cool. Yeah, and it's actually really really good because life. he go he goes into different in the Netflix series. If if it's the one that I think you're talking about, he goes mm-hmm. to different parts of the world and focuses yes. on yep. on the the art that they they do right mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. so i stand so corrected he's he's, he's more he's more than just a boxer he he has he dabbles in some more so look even more cred there right he's a fighter right. exactly exactly mm-hmm. right so before i get to the main character um i i got to put in that nicolas cage is in this movie also and he's not the main he no he is not the main he is not the no. main he he's actually there maybe about 15 to 20 minutes of the movie right okay um 
but the interesting thing so is far. that he is also a martial arts practitioner. He is a black belt in jujitsu, which makes his choice of being in this movie Hence interesting. No, but I'm now going to talk to you about the main star of this movie, who is Alan Musai, and hmm. this is a guy who oh, is boy. a stuntman. And and he's got some cred because he's in the he was the stunt double for Henry Cavill in Immortals, um, he was the stunt double for Hugh Jackman in X Men Apocalypse, um, for Kai Joy, uh, Jai Courtney in Suicide Squad, um, he is a practitioner of kickboxing and he's also trained Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under Carlos Machado. <laughs> um, yeah. So. The movie that I'm talking about is Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> now, this thing came out on November 20th, supposedly in theaters, although I don't know why anybody would go see it in theaters. And it came out on demand and, and on the digital platforms. Um, B-movie does not even begin to describe Jiu-Jitsu. And the, there's a reason why I listed the CVs of all these actors that are in it, because for a, a movie that's called Jiu-Jitsu, we get maybe all of two minutes of the actual art in the movie. Yeah. It is... Now, I'm a fan of bad <laughs> movies. I like watching bad movies because I get a kick out of, of just how bad some of these movies are. And some of them, they know that they're bad movies and they embrace it. And some of them you know, just plug along and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We don't know that we're bad, but we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. This movie has, it walks the line on both because the first part of the movie is so utterly ridiculous and bonkers that it's just like, okay, they know that they're bonkers. But then the movie kind of settles into a serious tone toward the end. And at that point, I, when they got serious, that's when I really checked out of the movie. There is a point in this movie that they go into first-person view during the fights, but then the camera, it's almost like the camera has an out-of-body experience because it shifts from the first-person view to the person, and it, it pulls out to the person that's actually fighting, and then it goes back into that first-person view. So it doesn't know what it's doing. And the thing about it is that with all these great, action hero stars in this in this thing the fights aren't all that interesting which which is is just at, you know at least if you're going to sell me on an action movie that has all these great stars show me some great choreography that's disappointing did i expect not, at least that it did not do that and like i said i i look at that first person and that's tony ja doing that tony ja is superb he's amazing as a martial artist on film i i felt like we were watching a clone and it just wasn't him because he, it looked uninspired it, it was a rough cut like i said there was those out of body experiences with the camera the ca it felt like this was a um a student film that just so happened to luck into getting some great actors in it and yeah, the thing about had it moments just moments. yeah it had, had moments and the only one that i felt that was really giving a crap was frank grillo and he did absolutely nothing in the movie 
nothing. And he's the only one that I can always look Shouts to and say, you know what? Frank Grillo will at least give you a good performance. And he did, but he did nothing in the movie. Nicholas Ch- Cage was Nicholas Cage. And he wasn't even the best version of Nicholas Cage, you know? And he's just I've, in it too. I've, yeah, I've sent you some of the clips. Those are probably the best parts of Nicolas Cage that's in this movie, especially the part where he explains the whole purpose of jujitsu in this movie. And oh God. again, it's like the, it's not the movie. The movie it's like knows. A power, yeah, it right? is. And it's, it's a like power. The, it's like the movie jiu-jitsu. knows how bad the movie is because when he explains it to the main character. <laughs> The main character has such a look like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> that guy's a bad actor, too. Though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's really bad. But you know he's what? This real bad. I think this is his first acting role. So, uh, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know. Can't knock him, you know. It's very, exactly. it's very difficult. It's very difficult for, like, stuntmen to, to, to make or stunt people to make exactly. the transition. Sure. So, to, I'm, to I'm not. It's acting. Pretty bad, though. Know? I'm not faulting him <laughs> at all with this. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, I believe it or not, I had fun with it, as, at least at the very beginning. I don't like understand I said, how you end. have any fun with something like this and Postal. Oh, because don't. it's so bad. You have it's, it's like one of these things where it's you just got to laugh. funny. And, and the funny thing is, is that I watched this with not only my kids, but with my wife. And my wife thought that this was a comedy. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. I need to see it. Um, you have otherwise. to see it. Yeah, if you've got, like, absolutely nothing to do and, like, literally the only choice is between watching this and taking your nails and scratching them against the wall, then maybe you go watch this. You know what I mean? You said earlier, turn turn it into a drinking game. Maybe I want want to repaint the the walls. Maybe I want a new shade of of color. So maybe I'd rather do that. You might have a little bit, just a little bit more fun. Just a little bit, you know? I was half watching I'll try to give it a shot. While I was I'll playing try. video games, so I'll, I'll, I'll try. That's the I'll best try. way to watch it. That's yeah. the best way to watch it. Actually, half watch do, it. Do something else while you're watching this, and then just pop in every <laughs> once in a while and see how crazy it is, and then come back and say, uh, "Like I said, the most disappointing part is knowing that all of these guys are real martial artists, and you know they can actually yeah. do it, and it just and doesn't happen." Yeah, exactly. So that's mm-hmm. that's probably the most disappointing thing about it. I might try but to give awesome. it a shot tonight. We'll it's see. an awesome bad movie. It's an awesome. I'm gonna bad finish movie. it later. And all you right, guys, so, Gabe, you'll probably hate me after you watch this movie. But that, um, that's all I'm I say. already hate you. I don't even know why I'm going <laughs> to even entertain it. I had already said that I don't ever plan on watching it. Now I feel like He's I have to do it. it just so I can put my reactions on the <laughs> podcast. It's jujitsu. Uh, anyway, I think that I think, is why I think that we can end that one on that note. I think we can end it on that note. And uh, <laughs> before I we move on you. to the next topic, our main topic, before Jeez. we move on to our main topic, just a quick reminder. Once yeah. again, if you want to support us, please go like, rate, share, and subscribe. Please. Share, hit the share button right now and send this episode to someone that you think might like what we're talking about. Um and uh yeah, and who you know, wouldn't support us in any way that you can. You know, but if you can, you know, that's that's one way. Like, rate, share, and subscribe. Yes. Um. So our main topic of of, of this episode is going to be um, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. chapter thirteen. Um. Again, a huge, 
uh, implications for the live action Star Wars genre, the canon, the whole nine, everything huge, you know, considering where where we where we are technically in the uh, the lore canon after the Disney purchase. Right. So with that being said, right. Remi- reminders that we're going to go into super heavy spoilers. We're going to talk about everything that has to do with the uh, the episode. And it's, oh, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So you mean the title of the episode is a spoiler? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have right. a little How bit of an issue with the title. Really? I think some people. I, I, well, did. actually, I kind of do. Too. I kind of do too because she's not. She's not anymore, right? That's she never was. Also. She never was. So that's true. Also, yeah, that's true. No. She was. She was a Padawan. No, she never was. She's. Al- she was always a Padawan. We we can get into her history a little really? bit. Really? Yeah. She, she never became. Never I thought that the. Moment, I, thought that the uh, I guess she always was his Padawan. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. was an opportunity for her to be a Jedi, and and she passed on it. But like I said, mm-hmm. we can get into her history a little bit later. Yeah, well, you never you never promoted her. Well, again, oh, man, well, we're know, spoiling it. By... We're, we're 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 talking about <laughs> um, uh, Ahsoka Tano, who oh, was man. revealed in live action form. Um, this is a a huge thing because people have been begging to see Ahsoka Tano in in live action. Rosario Dawson has been begging. To be, uh, um, to to portray the actor, the actor, the, the <laughs> character rather, and you know, because of us fans, you know, we got what we wanted, and so did she, you know, and here she made her debut and her appearance on The Mandalorian. So, guys, right away, too. Discuss, yeah. discuss. Oh, How man. awesome was the intro? Like, as soon as this episode started, it was just like, hey, if she's gonna make an entrance, let's do it the most badass way possible. Oh yeah, it was like a movie. It was like a, it was like one of the movies to me, like the way that they opened it, because it was like that that really great. High, it was almost like like a like an Empire Strikes Back opening or something like a big high stakes fight is going on and you don't know exactly what it is just yet. And then they'd like reveal it for you. I got like horror, horror movie vibes off of that because she was so a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. She was so much of a force of nature where it's like, you know, she's hidden in, in the the fog and the dust and you know you've got these guys and they're looking over the shoulders and and where is she where is she where is she you know what i'm saying it it, it was such an awesome way to introduce her into into the live action universe right the moments where you just like she like turns out her lightsaber and you don't see her and then she turns out on the lightsaber and all you see are her lightsabers like who, who, taking out those I, troops i feel like um like we can like like let's talk a little bit about the lightsabers right because like mm-hmm. she has two white lightsabers which yeah you know those of you guys that are huge star wars fans and and you know into the lore and the design of the sabers and like how they reflect the actual um representation of the characters that wield them uh, some of you guys that don't aren't part of like the extended universe or you know the canon that is no longer canon but might sort of kind of be canon now again um, may not know why she's wielding white lightsabers. Who wants to educate the world, the geek world, on this? Well, the, the white Anyone? lightsabers it, it, it kind of reflects her journey, um, and I, I'm I'm not going to speak on the extended universe. I'll speak more on the on the animated universe that is canon and so you know ahsoka and and this is why i had a a little bit of a problem with the the naming of the the title of the episode is because if if you want to really nitpick um ahsoka is not really a jedi you know right she she has been she was introduced into canon 
in the Clone Wars animated series, and she was she was portrayed as a, a small, younger version of Ahsoka that became a Padawan under Anakin Skywalker. She was she was brought to the Jedi Order by Plo Koon, which is another Jedi Master that sits on the Council, and so he crashed and burned in in yeah, Episode exactly. Three. And he was, the, he was the Jedi that crashed in that fighter ship, right? That that yep, got shot down, yep, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. People hated Ahsoka at the very beginning. They did not like her character. Really? So, yeah, they hated her because um, Anakin used to call her Snips. That was his, uh, his I guess, nickname for her. And she, mm-hmm. quite frankly, she was annoying, you know? She grew as a character, and, and you know, the, the fandom ended up embracing her. And so as as the series went along, you know, she became greater and greater in her power. And she was very much, you know, entrenched in the Jedi way until there was an incident where she was framed for the bombing of the Jedi Temple. And um, that's when she fell out of favor with the Jedi. And, you know, they they there was a big court thing, you know, they they stripped her of her title as a Padawan. Um, Anakin at first didn't believe her, but then, you know, he started to, you know, understand. And it turned out that it was another Jedi that was that was doing it. Um, and the reason that she did it is because she felt the Jedi had lost their way. Uh, I think it was Barris Ophi that was the one. Yep. That the Jedi that actually did committed the crime. Okay. So at that point, the the Jedi Council was ready to reinstate her. Now, she hadn't gone through the Jedi trials yet, but the way that they they kind of reconciled this is they said, you know what? This was your Jedi trial. This is what it was, and so now we're ready to grant you the title of Jedi. And she said, no thanks, and she walked away from the Jedi Order. So she's never been truly a Jedi. Now, she holds all the tenets and philosophies of the Jedi. And she, and she's very, very, you know, strong with that. But she threw that away. And her her original lightsabers were blue. Um, and then I think it was Anakin. Was it Anakin? They were green. Oh, they were green? Yeah. Okay. They were green. And Didn't I believe she that... Um, in a fight? She, she got, got them in a fight, well, right? She got them in a fight yes, with... Yes, she did. Um, mm-hmm. Who did she get them in a fight with... Uh, it wasn't Man, the, I forgot the, what she was. But she she ended up like taking the she ended up, I think yeah, it was an inquisitor. It yeah. was it was an inquisitor, and then she ended up like repairing the uh the sabers and yep. then uh installing white kyber crystals to represent that she doesn't belong neither to the Jedi or the Sith Order. Exactly. So she yeah. has a very complicated history, you know, and, and right, like Jedi. I said, but that's why like I you, had a little bit of an issue with the title. You know, and it's just a, a nitpick well, for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I like I get it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but I but I also understand like you know this is like from Mando's perspective, he doesn't know what the Jedi are. So to him, she's you know a Jedi, and she has uh laser laser swords, not lightsabers. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's just going off of like what he's told. So for him, like it's just oh, that's the Jedi. She even you know, even though he too. doesn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every title is almost like it's from Mando's perspective yeah, of yeah. that thing. So I understand it in that context. Yeah. What what did you guys think of um the 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 combat? I mean, I thought that the the combat 
you know, Ahsoka's like fight choreography was amazing. I thought that like her fight scene with Mando was super cool. And it was like, you know, it was like, I don't know, yeah. like Filonia his best. You know, it wasn't just your typical like, oh, yeah. you know, slash, slash, shoot, shoot. And everything it was like a very smart choreographed battle itself. Um, a, but how did you feel back. about like Ahsoka? Huh? Or there was a callback almost, I think, like in that quick fight. It was almost like Luke fighting Boba Fett for that moment in Return of the Jedi where he got him with uh, with that um, like grappling weapon. He tied Luke up, remember, real quick? And Luke yeah, stopped that. it. It was a little homage to that moment, I think, also. Maybe. Yeah, when, when I mean, I thought the know, we're going to see great, like, grappling hook. Like, you know, we're going to see. Not see exactly. Probably, yeah. But um, but I, I thought that the choreography was awesome. Uh, what do you guys think as far as like the, the comparison or the correlation between like what we saw in Ahsoka? Because we've only seen Ahsoka in the uh, in the Clone Wars animated series, right? Like it's the only place that she lives in aside from like books that have come out afterwards. She was um, also in the Rebels series as well. Yeah. But she was she was a very like minor, well, not minor, but like. No, she, she wasn't the focus. She play, no, she wasn't. She definitely wasn't yeah. the focus, but she yeah. played a, a a big enough role in that series. Yeah, she did. I mean, she um, clearly played a, 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 a huge role that actually has that we have implications in this episode for, yeah. um, especially towards the end of the final season. Right, exactly. By the um, end of the series, she's yeah. Big. By the end of the series, but um, but as far as like her fighting in the show versus her fighting on live action, did it kind of live up to the hype? Did you you know? What did you guys think? AJ, what did you think as, as far as her combat goes? I'd say for the most part, you certainly have a heck of a lot more leeway in the animated space. But even despite that, I think that it lived pretty well up to the hype. Like you still had all those crazy jumps and those Jedi-esque, uh, you know, I, I feel like it lived up pretty well to it, you know, despite there being the difference between the animated space and the live action space. I think it was cool how um, it reflected her character a little bit, the way she fought, because she didn't just use her lightsabers. She was creative. She was cunning. She was, she used a little bit of stealth. That moment that was, that was pretty cool at the be. I think it was the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I think it was the beginning when she was fighting there in the woods and she chopped off a piece of the tree and then smacked it into that, like, like kind of like, tennis balled it into that one other troop yeah. and knocked him out like there were a lot of cool moments of choreography yeah, there were, yeah like that yeah. early on it was like uh it, it was a lot of good you know force um i felt like force uh or you know i guess i guess because we don't really have a lot of force and, and lightsaber action in obviously we don't at all in the mandalorian that it was just cool to be able to see like all that action you know what i mean so and i, I thought even a quick, a quick aside uh, in a way is in comparison to the movies where they were kind of not as they were not supposed to be as powerful or as experienced in the force. You could see a little bit more of her experience as a as a Jedi fighter or fighting with lightsabers, mm -hmm. especially fighting with two of them. She was pretty skilled with, I think, Rosario Dawson and, and the other fight choreographers and and stunt the stunt woman for her did a great job in, in the yeah. fight choreography yeah. with the lightsabers, the two of them. I, I I sure. think the way mm -hmm. the way that they introduced her, um, and you guys might might fight me on this, but I think the way that they introduced her was on the level of Darth Vader's um, appearance in Rogue One, where it was just like mm. you know she was at really the height of her powers right there, mm -hmm. you know, and and she was just there was nothing. I take issue with that. I take issue. I, I know you would. I knew you. Would. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because and that's no, why. See, that's why the it's thing is, 
That's why I said. The thing is, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Comparing, I'm not comparing her to Vader per se. I'm just saying the impact of seeing her on the screen, and and just the way that she was so self assured of herself. That's what I mean in terms of all right. Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. It's just I like like that that scene in Rogue One holds such a special. No, I know. It's it's my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. Yeah, we've never seen a Vader like that you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah. conversely God, i want more of that as much as as much as we've seen ahsoka in the animated space we've never seen her like this where she's you know she's scary almost you know yeah how, I, I, how, I was gonna how say well she was you know well i was gonna say in in, in talking about the combat um as well as rosario dawson's acting is in, in talking about her combat, the way that Rosario portrayed her in comparison to the the two shows that she that that we saw Ahsoka, you know, obviously in Clone Wars we saw a much you know younger, a little bit more green around the gills Ahsoka Tano, and then in uh, in Rebels we have a little bit more of a older, more matured Ahsoka that we see in how she interacts, but as well as how she mm-hmm. fights. In this one, we see someone that's kind of like you know come into her own um kind of doesn't care really you know about like you know she's causing wiser. destruction she's wiser she's, now she, yeah but she's also gotten she's also jaded you know yeah, and absolutely. we really see that here you know absolutely. obviously we know why she's jaded but we really see a jaded ahsoka in this episode so it's still it's also an ahsoka that we've never seen before mm-hmm. so that was really interesting yeah you know as how it was portrayed what about what about mando and uh and for now let's continue calling him the child um, oh, it's it's going to be tough name. to transition from this. It's going to be tough to transition from this, but Mando and the child, like their portrayal in the episode, because again, for me, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I've been saying this all along. I feel like in this season, Mando and the child have kind of like taken us a, a back seat to make way for all these like awesome cameos and reveals that I still want them. But I, I don't know why they're making these guys kind of like Mando and the child take a back seat, even though this episode was huge for the two of them. Um, how did you guys feel about like Mando, the child and, and the, 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 I guess the, um, the interaction with Ahsoka and, and everything that Ahsoka, you know, mm-hmm. said and did after meeting the child? Um, so... We have that that like big setup, right? We have Ahsoka. She's on this planet of Corvus, and she's trying to to take out that magistrate character in order to get information. We get that like kind of early on in the episode, and then we have Mando arriving, and uh, he arrives at that same base, and he offers to to kill Ahsoka, right? He offers the magistrate to kill Ahsoka, and she like kind of uh, asks if he can do that for her. Um, for reasons, again, unknown other than Ahsoka is kind of just antagonizing that group of people. And it seems like they have some people under, they're captured or something like that, like that village, right? Um, and then we get to Mando and Baby Yoda. We kind of get their their role in this whole thing. Um, and, you know, Mando, like you said, he has that great fight with Ahsoka Tano. And that's when we get into the meat of it, I think, like the parts with Mando and Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, like you said, Ahsoka notices Baby Yoda kind of for the first time, they have that very quick battle. Um, and you know, I I agree with you. It's this episode brought back the focus to them a little bit 
because this mm-hmm. season has been setting up a lot of uh, a lot of Dave Filoni's wish list, I think, which for me is is I'm excited to see it. But I understand and I was going to mention that it it has been a bit too much of a departure from their relationship this season. But this episode really brought it back. And they had some yeah. really, really sweet moments, I think, <clears throat> like some moments that showed how Baby Yoda sees Mando as a father and how Mando sees Baby Yoda as not just a child or the child, but his child. Um, and I thought that, you know, the way that they interacted and in, in how Baby Yoda used the force in that moment and Ahsoka Tano definitely um, and Rosario Dawson credit to her credit to all the actors, of course. But there were some moments that were really like like kind of nice and tender between her and baby Yoda in like their interactions, their force interaction. Cause they, you know, they interacted with each other, not through spoken words, right. They, they like talk to kinda, each other. They kind of use the, uh, the, the, the force DMS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that like, that's what ended up happening. No. Yeah. Yeah. She's baby Yoda and, and, and her slid up in each other's force DMS and had a conversation about, about baby Yoda's past. And that was a, a very impactful, how that affected the interactions between Mando and baby Yoda. Um, at least, you know, that, that's how I saw it in the episode. And I thought that was, was one of the best parts of the episode, by the way. And, you know, as we talk about it more, I'll mention the moments. So, really so liked. what is, so now that we're at the part basically where, you know, we're getting like Ahsoka's obviously our, our, uh, baby Yoda translator, we find out that baby Yoda was a, a, a Padawan Padawan learner back in a the youngling, a youngling actually, right? Was it a yeah. youngling? I think he was a Padawan. Yeah, he would be them. a he would be a youngling. Well, he was learning, but so were the so he were the other learning. little ones, right? And they had some force powers, maybe not as 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 powerful as right. him. Right, he was he was he was so so it so if and he was um, older. <laughs> if we're led to believe correctly, mm-hmm. uh, correctly, uh, we have <laughs> we have Baby Yoda was uh, a, a a youngling in the Jedi temple when order 66 was carried out. Yeah. And, and he was he training was, um, for that. Well, he was doing his training, right? But like he was at the temple apparently. And he was like, like during order 66, he was smuggled out and, and protected. Um, and while the ex- right, I believe that's that. that yeah. she, that's what she dropped. Right. So yeah, we find didn't out tell that, us like, he's actually that, he, he, that the, the things that are important here mm-hmm. are that, up until this point, I think we all believe that like he just has these powers, inherent powers. But we find out that he's actually being trained. Yeah. You know? Like we figured it might be and, Yoda's race that has that power, but no. And by maybe, multiple, we don't know. By multiple mm-hmm. masters, you know. Yeah, by yeah. multiple masters. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and but then not only that, we also find out that, that that baby Yoda has a name, first of all. And second of all, that he pretty much speaks properly right because he's having like actual conversations with tano these aren't like feelings you know she doesn't feel what he thinks she like you know he tells her her name he tells her like how baby yoda sees mando and this and the other and whatnot like they're having like actual conversations so it's like which kind of makes it weird for me to like be like well if he can kind of mentally speak why can't he just utter the words but yeah that is a little um, weird but maybe that has to do with the race right maybe that has to do with like the 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 yoda's you know or the child's race right like maybe they can formulate these thoughts but they can't physically like they're they're stunted still like they they haven't grown yet they can't speak properly they don't have like maybe maybe they have like great power in in like thought and in the force Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but physically 
Like it takes yeah. them time to catch up, and even like yeah. you know physically speaking and other things like that. It yeah, takes them yeah. More time. Yoda, so Yoda we find exactly out exactly the best speaker. You know, that's true too. Right, yeah. that's the other thing too. Like Yoda speaks a certain way because of mm-hmm. how he pro- perceives uh, the 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 translation of like his thoughts into the 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 spoken exactly. language. Mm-hmm. Right, that, has something mm, to that do makes with it. so much sense. Oh my god, that might have something to do with it. Actually, that's a good. So, thought. but what do you guys think about the name now? Before right. we say it, let's let's all take a moment of silence for the name the child or Baby Yoda, because he is not known as Baby Yoda anymore. People, people I'm are still, still calling him it. Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what Walt has has to think about the name because he's. Well, I want to know what AJ has to think about the name a little bit. Yeah. You know I mean? So and the AJ, name, guys, the name is Grogu. Grogu. Now, here is the interesting thing. I don't know if you guys, you probably don't know what the, about this, but like Grogu or, yeah, basic Grogu is a, a, uh, a type of um, uh, moonshine. <laughs> a type of, of like the I, Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, oh man, what's the name of the freaking country? It's off the, it's, it's an island country off the coast of Africa. Uh, one of my students is from there and they have like, it's, it's, it's called Grogu Grogu. And it's, you know, it's like one of the hardest kinds of alcoholic beverages I've ever had in my life. Um, but it's just, it's just a funny name. Maybe that's why he can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys, how do you feel? I mean, I think that generally we're all like having a little bit of trouble getting used to it, but you know, um, you know, what do you guys think of like all this new information? The fact that he's Grogu, the fact that he's, you know, had not just force sensitive, obviously, but also like been trained, you know, does that change anything for you as far as like the, the, the story itself? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, I like the name. I like the name actually. I think it's a, it's a somewhat suitable name for a creature of his race. And it's not another name that starts with a Y because I think that would have actually driven me more crazy. If it was like Yogu or something like that, like we, yeah, 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 like I think it's better because it doesn't start with a Y. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and it does lead to one of the best moments in terms of like the relationship between them in the episode when he says Baby Yoda's name for the first time. He calls him Grogu and Grogu looks up at him like, yeah, I know only as Baby Yoda can in that adorable way. Um, and obviously I think it's, the implications are huge because he has become almost a bigger character to tie all of the trilogies together, possibly at least anyway, if yeah, what we I think, think is going to happen to him yeah. happens. Think right. He Cause he's being like the link. He's going to be like the, the, the underlying link between everything, not just, not just like, uh, you know, the, the original trilogy, sequel and prequel trilogy, but also the animated series right. and everything. Yeah, Cause cool. he was on Coruscant and like, you know, I figure they're going to fill in the blanks of what he was doing. He was on Coruscant. I mean, during order 66, like you said, they'll probably fill in the blanks of like his 40 or so years after that, what he was doing during the original trilogy. And then we think he might tie into Snoke or, or Palpatine's maybe, resurrection. Maybe. So he's a he's like a, this this thread, and it's pretty cool. I think that this that a Star Wars first af- live action Star Wars TV show is the the media the medium that's doing this. That's kind of tying this thread between all three of the trilogies. That's I mean that's for me. That's for me on the name and the and the implication. Hmm. 
I don't know. What do you, what about you guys? AJ. I actually like the name too. Like you said, it, it it feels fitting for, for one of his race. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I I know I'm going to miss like the child. I actually calling him baby Yoda was kind of bothering me. I'm not going to lie because it's like, (laughs) okay, he's not Yoda, but the only other kind of, the only other member of this species we've ever seen is Yoda but he's not Yoda, and even then, we don't know what this kid's name is, and the mm-hmm. name of the race is not Yoda. It was kind of driving me nuts. He better so not be yeah, Yoda and Yaddle's kid. I don't, I don't want him to be related to Yoda or Yaddle, because then that, that would be that would be the same that. issue, right, Walt? The same issue with everybody being related. Yeah, but then like, yeah, I agree but, but you know, but what, but because isn't Yoda one of the last of his more. species? You know what I, mean? I don't know. Did they ever yeah, say that he was one of the last? No. In, I, I think so. I think in in the in the expanded universe, uh, it's 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 uh in like the comic books. Um, that doesn't count. He is a. Uh, I know yeah. that's what I'm saying. It doesn't count. But then again, like it, there really hasn't been anything that they've said. Oh, it doesn't count. But all of a sudden now it counts, right? Like yeah. there hasn't yeah. been a single thing that's been contradicted yet. They've so, been taking sure. a lot of it from yeah, the expanded yeah, I, legends. I, I, I definitely get it. I I don't think. I actually don't think that they're gonna really go away from um, what used to be canon. I just think that they want to, because I don't think that they want to anger they anyone. They want to tell their own story. Yeah, yeah but I don't think it. that they're gonna change a lot. You know, right. I think, yeah. like for example, if 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 Yoda was a, you know, at the time like one of the last of his kind, they're not gonna all of a sudden say, oh, there's this whole planet of a bunch of Yoda-like, you know, people. You know, I don't think they're gonna do that. Yeah, I, I think they're doing it a little bit like like uh, Dragon Ball. They're taking some of the characters that were not canon before, that were still popular, and they're making mm-hmm. them canon. And they they don't have to change a lot to fit them into the current canon. Just it's like funny they didn't that you change say that Broly because I almost lot. like I, I, it's funny that you say that because I feel like um, like given with the name Grogu and Goku. And the fact that he is like just a child that appeared out of nowhere that has like this power Man. within him. Maybe. Uh, you know, like maybe it's a little bit of an homage. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> that it could be. It could yeah. be. Like a way for I, I feel like the I feel like the uh the where they're going with is the whole like the the Palpatine and Anakin kind of thing, where like he was like um just made by the force. Mm-hmm. You know, where Palpatine like at least that theory that Palpatine uh, you know, uh, oh, manipulated okay. the force in order to create Anakin. Maybe that's what happened with Grogu. Maybe it was a yeah. long game to get himself midi chlorians yeah. for his resurrection. Yeah. So, <laughs> m- moving off from that, like as far as Mando's role in the episode, I think is a, is an important thing to talk about, right? Because once again, like I said, Mando kind of takes a little bit of a backseat in a supportive role to Ahsoka Tano, which I hate seeing. You know, as much as I, you know, love to see Ahsoka be revealed and all that. It's Mando supporting Ahsoka, not Ahsoka supporting Mando. And I don't, I'm, it's frustrating to me. It's so frustrating. Uh, How do you guys feel about that? Like, am am I wrong to be upset that like, you know, it's this thing? Like, for example, in the final battle with uh, uh, Ahsoka and Big Bad Boss Lady, which isn't that Big Bad. The Magistrate. Magistrate, You know, we get like this awesome battle with her and we get like a cool scene between Mando and the henchmen, but again, Michael it's Bean. Mando and the henchmen, huh? 
Michael Bean, Bean. That's the guy from Terminator, dude. And like, right? Aliens. No, I know, but he's he's their henchman. He was a hired gun. Remember? Yeah. Like that's the thing. He was like, oh, there's there's the magistrate. There's these droids, and he's a hired gun, former military, possibly. So he's just yeah. a henchman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and even that scene, it was a cool scene and stuff, but it's just. I'm so, I'm tired of seeing Mando be the supporting role. Well, I think. Go ahead, Walt. Go ahead. The, go the ahead, way I look, me. yeah, the, I'm I'm just gonna be real quick on this. The the way no, I, I look at this is that, you know, yeah, there there's a sense that he's kind of playing second fiddle, but he's playing second fiddle to some of some of the most accomplished warriors in the galaxy. You know, we're, we're and I look at the the episode before where they introduce the Mandalorians. Bo Bo Katan, she was the leader of Mandalore. You know what I'm saying? So she's not a right. slouch. You know, and in that right. episode, you kind of see him trying to raise his level to theirs, and he never quite gets there. And I think it's the same thing in this episode where Ahsoka Tano is so you know she's she's been through the Clone Wars, she's been through all the battles. Right. She's a, she's a very accomplished warrior. So I, I think he's kind of taking that step back, realizing that, you know what? I'm not as good as these people are yet. Okay, you know? okay. okay. So but the issue that I take with I that is that, that the, the, the and I totally get that. And I again, I agree with that. I agree that, like, you know, because, again, Mando is green around the gills. But when you keep him as second fiddle and and you don't show him trying to like get to the level or even or even actually getting to their level, even though they might represent people like, you know, again, Bo Katan and Sokotano who who have experienced so much more than he has, when they don't show Mando getting to that level or or just stay in a supportive role, then you're also not showing Mando's any any character development for Mando. We're not showing him, you know, learning anything from these interactions. But I, I, I do think that there was a point, not in this episode, because obviously there's, you know, he's and, and you know, he did have a, a pretty decent standoff with Ahsoka the first time that they met. So let, let's he not did. forget that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. but, you know, in in the episode before when Bo-Katan and, and her two um, her two Mandalorian compatriots, he did have a moment where, you know, they were pinned down and he took it upon himself to, you know, kind of rush into that hallway and get peppered with all these laser blasts before he threw those grenades in there so you know yeah, there there is there is the sense still that green man he is he really no no is. I, I he is but there is that <laughs> yeah, sense that I agree he's with you trying you know what i'm saying it's not like he's like I oh guess, well but... i'm gonna let these guys do it he did try it's just he's not he's not getting it there yet you know what i'm saying I I'm think, gonna keep I'm gonna keep those opinions to myself because you can't you can't show me him go toe to toe with Ahsoka Tano and show me everything that he did in the first season and then in that episode with Bo-Katan like literally kind of just like not even shoot or do anything and the only thing that he could do is like like well I'm just gonna run and take all these shots and then throw some grenades you know what well, I mean like it just showed they, you know I don't know they did take charge you know it, it wasn't I it know wasn't, it like, wasn't like he was he was letting them do it. They were, they were like, this is my mission and, you know, keep up. That's basically well, what they were saying. You know? Well, here's what I, here's, here's my take on that. I think that's all kind of intentional because if you watch every, every kind of battle where he's overcome something crazy, he's done something crazy. 
He's done something like like you know dive into a hallway with a bunch of grenades or like fly into a crate dragon's mouth mm-hmm. or like attach himself to a tie fighter and try to like put a bomb on it. Like the stuff that he does is kind of like it's not well plotted out. He's not exactly. really a planner. <laughs> he like no, they yeah, think the show is showing us that constantly. Very instinctive. When he but what I will say, what I will say to Wolfie's point is that what I don't think we're seeing enough of is certainly a little bit of him and his relationship with Baby Yoda, but also like what makes him tick. We haven't had enough moments where yeah. like you know he's yeah. overcome something, oh, and man. and kind of like reflected on it, or even like the relationships that he's you know he's built up since then. Some of that stuff is missing, I think, you know, from you know what? from I his characterization. I, I, I just want to make one more point also, no, though, no. because yeah. the, the other point that I wanted to make is that I don't have a problem with him being one of the ensemble and falling behind a little bit, because Star Wars always has been kind of an ensemble of characters. But but yeah, go ahead. What What's your thought? Oh, no, no. I was going to say that, like, I think that you, you, you kind of, you know, revealed to me what's actually missing for me. I think that what's missing is that, like, in the first episode, in the first season, mm-hmm. we got so much of, like, little tidbits of, like, you know him where he's where his background is from and where his um yeah you know like like how he perceives the code and the way and all that stuff like you know we're not we're not getting enough of insight from manda and i think that's what i'm missing yeah yeah we even moments like where he gets little new pieces of of his best car armor were moments of character building in the first season that we haven't seen a lot of in this season yet and i'll agree with you on that yeah, for sure. So I want to, I want to, I want to shift back to Ahsoka, right? Um, uh, oh no! Before we get to Ahsoka, there's also there's another really big piece about with this uh with this episode mm-hmm. where like the you know um the the cinematography and the mood of the episode. I mean, it was different from anything else that we've seen, you know. Um, and and I think that this is one of those episodes that like you'll really benefit from watching on like the highest depth quality television they have. Yeah. Because we did have quite a like some amazing cinematography, really good set pieces, um, you know, a really amazing world building. And and this kind of helps us understand well not helps us understand, but like it gives us a glimpse into like how they're gonna be building these different worlds that are much more or much less earth like than 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 you know than what we've seen. Um, you know, I know Walter. I know that you and and AJ because you know AJ's a a, a cinematography buff himself. I think uh, I know that you guys you know really really were into the cinematography and the mood of the uh, the, the the episode itself. It was good, man. Yeah. It was good. I, yeah, I like really how Filoni plays with like a lot of shadow and light. I feel like he does that in the animated yeah. series as yeah. well. He does that in this in this episode a lot, which is really cool. Like I said, that moment with the lightsabers lighting up the area around Ahsoka early in the episode. What there did you guys think of, of the rest? There was of a it? bunch of those scenes. I yeah. think my favorite out of all of them was the confrontation confrontation <laughs> between Ahsoka and the magistrate. That that was a really wonderfully done. Like you know on the polar ends with the, the background. You know, yeah. you got Kill Bill vibes, man. I was going to say, yeah, you got like the Kill Bill final battles, like, you know, Eli, samurai battle. When we were watching it, I, you know, I, I was thinking it, and Eli just blurted it out while we were watching it. This was one of the few episodes where they really, really lean into the, the samurai aspects of Star Wars. Because, and Western. I mean, 
and the Western also. You had you had a blend of both because if you look at the city of Caladan, um, it, where the magistrate was, that looked like a very you know if if you look at it, it had that that Japanese temple look look to it, and even in that last fight, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like they were on that koi pond which you which you normally would see in in a traditional Japanese temple and stuff like that. Yeah. They, and even the assassin droids, the way that they jumped up onto the the top of the things, that gave me that whole ninja vibe where it's like oh, the okay, rooftops, yeah, the rooftops. You know what I'm saying? There it was, like was ninja so scroll. much, so much. Yeah, mood yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That that you know, Filoni really. There was some beautiful shots, like the shot where. Um, Ahsoka was communing with uh with Grogu. I hate that name. I, I can't even say it. <laughs> but you had the moon behind it with the shadows of all the all the um of the forest there. You know, there there was the moment where she sneaked up during the fight in Caladan where you know the two lightsabers just came out in one and then she just kinda she snuck up right behind them and it just blazed yeah. there. There was some amazing shots in this episode that you know, I was just freaking out over, you know. And like I said, the mood of having both the spaghetti western and, you know, the samurai, you know, occur. Oh, yeah. It was just so amazing the way they did it, you know. You know, and I think that that's kind of like a, a, a key thing about, like, the Mandalorian, right? Like, the Mandalorian being, like, the, you know, the Mandalorians being, you know, the, the cowboys and, and whatnot. And then the Jedi's kind of representing that samurai culture this episode was where we got to see the fusion of that you know mm-hmm. um i i thought it was it was wonderfully done especially in that final battle um which is a little interesting you know um i Did don't you, know how you guys felt about it but I, so, I, I had some thoughts of that battle you know i thought okay so give me your thoughts give me your thoughts okay I, you know and and maybe this is part of the fact that you know we know that actress you know and and the type of martial arts cred that she has um i was you know as much as i loved ahsoka tano in the earlier things that last battle for me was kind of a little bit of a letdown to be honest i i, I didn't think okay. that there was a, there was a, a real good flow i you know what maybe i expected more of that battle it 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 felt very slow and and more of a dance than anything else. Um, but well, that's just my thought on that, you know. Well, so my thing is that like I didn't necessarily think that the battle was a bad battle, but there's two things that are that I have discrepancies with. Okay, I think that the opening battle that Ahsoka that we saw Ahsoka in was much better than the final battle, and yes. that shouldn't be the case. I totally you know, it agree. just shouldn't be. If you're gonna show me like a super badass Ahsoka entering. The, the 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 scene the the episode then you better show me something even better you know yep. um the other thing too is that like ahsoka's a total badass with two lightsabers uh she didn't actually start taking good control and defeating her you know the the magistrate until she got disarmed by one of them so i don't know that feels a little inconsistent yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that's that was part of my disappointment there is like you show her yeah. at the very beginning and she is she you could you could say that she could probably take on a whole a whole army. And then that last battle was a little bit less than it, it just felt a little weird the way that that was paced. You know, I, I agree. But I think 
that what they are trying to do here, because I, I have had some faith and seen my faith in the show restored with the Easter eggs that they're dropping is, I think that they are in a way, well, first of all, I think it's actually Filoni, as you are no doubt aware, Walt and AJ, he's, he seemed somewhat obsessed with the samurai combat, lightsaber combat, as is evidenced with uh, mm-hmm. the final duel between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also dropping a hint as to the potential of this of the magistrate's master, who's a huge, huge Star Wars character. Um, and if anybody could teach the magistrate how to tangle with a Jedi, I feel like it would be that character. I mean, that's that's. And I think that that character is going to play a role in this show. Not a huge one, but is going to play a role in this show. And we might see that character in this show. But that's that's what I thought about that battle. But I do agree that it was a little bit slower. Um, I think, yeah, again, that's Filoni's like samurai, uh, samurai combat eye, uh, Kurosawa yeah. eye maybe, that we've, we've mm-hmm. seen so much lately. So, so obviously, you know, Ahsoka defeats the boss. Uh, they, 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 you know, free the town. They're the saviors. Uh, side quest episode number 13 is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's very much a Western that, like, thing, though. It's a Western I know, serial thing. But I, I, I understand. But, it, I, you know, if we're going to talk about that, I think it should be inspired by Spaghetti Western, not, not let the... Uh, not let it dominate, right? Because Fair you know, spaghetti westerns live on their own. They don't live in a whole universe of other properties. That's that's just my take. So, inspiration, you know. not not uh, yeah, imitation. You know, like the first the first season had more inspiration by spaghetti western than it did, you know, uh, the, the anything else, right? Like because right? the first yeah. three episodes were kind of like its own arc. The final two episodes were, were its own arc, and then in the middle we got the spaghetti westerns. This one, it's every episode. Is kind of its own spaghetti western, you know, side quest mission accomplished kind of thing. But again, getting away from that because we've been pining, <laughs> we've been pining about that. You know, I think for too many of our own episodes, I think yeah. we are all in agreement that the episode was awesome and that we love it. And most especially because the end of the uh, the episode had Tano and and Mando kind of with a little bit of a confrontation because going back to the to how all this kind of happened, which we kind of skipped over. Um, Mando mm. wanted Ahsoka to train Grogu. She decided not to. She said that she couldn't. And this is also kind of speaks to her to 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 the fact that she does have a strong um, belief in the Jedi principles, where she does not want to. Um, she doesn't want to train Grogu just because he has that strong connection and attachment to Mando, and she doesn't want him to go down the path of Anakin, especially because she saw yeah. what happened. I just you wanted know, to I say think that was huge. That was an awesome moment. I just wanted to mention that real quick, actually, because when she says like what what the path of anger and fear that Grogu is going down yeah. does to the best of us, like that quote and her her ref referring to Anakin, I thought that was like a really, really awesome moment in the episode. And like a nice right, throwback. Right, exactly. Very emotional. It, so, yeah. yeah, it is. Um, especially since they were such good friends, you know, they just weren't, they weren't just master and Padawan. Mando really wanting this 
makes a deal with Ahsoka, telling her that, hey, I will help you free the town and I'll help you, you know, take care of the magistrate and everything. In return, you train um, Grogu, which I suppose she agreed. But then at the end of the episode, she declines, you know, and back on her word. She goes back on her word. Yeah. Not cool, Ahsoka. Well, she's in the middle, right? She's neither Jedi nor Sith. So yeah. we kind of, you know, that that's kind of like a perfect representation of that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. But Walt, why don't you run us through the, uh, the, the, the major implications of what she told and, and basically the next mission that she gave Mando. So <clears throat> there, there, she, she dropped the name, which was, you know, she dropped a couple of names. A at few the names, end, yeah. You know? um, <laughs> right, that's exactly I, I think, what I want to talk about. So, yeah. are you are you referring to the person or the planet? Because those are two huge things. Uh, when it comes both to lore. Both. Let's start with the both. let's start with the person because I wanted to say the person's name so bad in my last little rant <laughs> and and I couldn't until we got to it. So can so we say, say the person? Say, say the say the name. Say the name, and then I'll, I'll, so, I'll explain. So yeah. Cool. So Ahsoka Tano, we find out that the reason she's chasing down the magistrate, other than trying to help people of the town, because she does have that impulse too, she tries to do the good, the right thing and the good thing and help people, even though she's not a Jedi. Um, she is searching for specifically, uh, and there's there's an implication as to who else she might be searching for from this name, and we'll talk about that I think as well. Um, she's searching for a character that has long been and long has, has long needed to become a live action character and finally just came into the canon after being removed from the canon. Uh, one grand admiral Thrawn, probably, yes. probably the coolest character outside of the movies that has existed in star Wars so far, at least in my opinion. So that's the huge implication of this episode. She's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is, well, he he was in the books many, many, many years ago. He's first written into the books by Timothy Zahn, the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy. And he's basically like a imperial, he's an imperial admiral, as the name implies. He's, you know, he's got his own fleet and Star Destroyers, and he's a genius. Like, he's the most tactically beyond like omega level genius in terms of of military tactics in the universe and that's what makes him so formidable uh in both the books and then the the rebooted books also and in in star wars rebels i think he was in right not in the clone wars right yeah um, so right um, yeah and, and this, so is go where ahead. I, this is where i have a little bit of issue with with the way um feloni and i really have issues with the way feloni does things but okay. I think I think this was one where it may have been a little bit too inside baseball for the the casual fan because drop dropping the name for the casual fan will be like, oh okay, I guess we're gonna get a new character. But for people who are fans of the animated shows, like myself, like when she dropped that name and I knew it was coming, so I, I had already prepared myself for it, but I nearly fell off my chair when she said it because <laughs> you know because of everything that happens. So, just to let the audience know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is in this version of again, the canon. Again, spoilers. Right. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yes. Big spoilers. Let's, let's, let's remember that we were giving spoilers right now for The Mandalorian. But, you know, also for Rebels as going, well. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So, 
So we want to make sure that you guys are ready for this. If you guys want to not get necessarily spoiled and actually go back Tune out. and watch, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels um, and all that stuff, like, you know, pause right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then come back to this episode in two months after you. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll explain why I say that, but go ahead. Yeah. So go ahead, um, yeah. this is a character that showed up in the final two seasons of Rebels, right? He was he was in there for the final two seasons. And so um, he was brought in, you know, to basically root out the rebels um, in Star Wars Rebels. That's the name of the show. And so he he was a huge thorn in the side of, of the rebels. I mean, every single thing that they did, he literally had a counter for and their counter was always countered by his counter. The man was unstoppable. He like you said a genius tactically yeah. when it came to, to go. And, you know, his he had a quiet arrogance about himself. And um, interestingly, uh, I, I posted on Instagram that I thought Mads Mikkelsen would be a great character for the live-action Thrawn. His yeah, brother, would. His brother is the one... Yeah, I know. That's, that's the only thing that's the problem. Yeah. But his in- brother, his older brother... Is the mm. one that voices Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels, Lars mm. Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen's. Oh, really? Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I I find that really interesting. But um, the reason that yeah. ah- Ahsoka is looking for uh, Thrawn is because the end of Rebels, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of um, tragedy associated with rebels towards the end you know we lost a couple of characters that were beloved and stuff like that and one of the main characters is ezra bridger and he's a jedi one of the few that are left in the galaxy at this point um with if you want to claim ahsoka if you want to do luke skywalker um if you look at the video games cal kestis from jedi fallen order he's another jedi that we know is around at this time period i don't know very many order 66 post order yeah yeah well, mm-hmm. post Return of the Jedi, also, you know. Yeah. Um. So there's not that many, and and stuff. And so Ezra Bridger is one of the Jedi's, and that that's still left. And there was a point where he had to sacrifice himself for the greater good for the Rebel Alliance. Where, um, he actually, and I know this is gonna sound weird, but when you watch it, it's probably a little bit better. There's a there's a race of being called space whales. <laughs> And hyperspace whales. Exactly, hyperspace whales. And their power is that this they can hyperspace out. That's what these hyperspace whales do. So, um, you know, in the last battle towards the end of, of Rebels, Ezra Bridger kind of captured Thrawn on a ship, and he sacrificed himself by attaching that ship to a, safe, a space whale and they were teleported somewhere in the unknown regions. So the implication is that Thrawn is still alive, and she is looking for Ezra Bridger, and the best way to do right. it is to locate Thrawn. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there's where you are with that. You know? Well, it's, it, it, it's, it's <laughs> isn't there rumors that they're working or they're trying to do an Ahsoka um, you know, show? Which would make sense because you can have Which, yeah, her. Yeah, it would make sense because, yeah. And and there's another Rebel. character that's rumored to show up in this season that was also part of the Rebel show, and it's a character that she partnered up with at the very yeah. end 
to go and help find Ezra Bridger and bring him back. So, okay. you know, there there could be that spinoff potential there. You know, there's um, a lot. Yeah, there <laughs> is. There is a lot. Right. There. Yeah. There's there's a lot. Just in that one line, just by mentioning him, is it, 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 there's a lot. You know. Um. And then now we got we we go to the planet, right? Because this is another big thing. The yeah. planet that she sends um mando too in order to like figure out for himself where yoda where grogu you know where his allegiances lie right because she doesn't want to train him um because she just doesn't you know doesn't feel like she can based on 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 i guess not knowing if he's going to be good or bad so she yeah. sends him away to yeah. uh, uh uh oh my god what's tython 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 mm-hmm. yeah so just going back to I was going to say Tibbeth or something like that. I don't know why I was... <laughs> Tiberia? Um, you know. I think that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. The, the plan of along Tiberia. Those lines. <laughs> yeah. But just just um, going back to what you were saying with Ahsoka and Grogu, um, she she did not know that Anakin had became Darth Vader until she had a, a, a duel with him at one of the Sith temples. And, you know, she thought that she was fighting Vader the whole time. And there was this fantastic reveal of her cracking the helmet and then yeah. seeing yeah. Anakin's face behind it. And I think that's where it's, I think more than anything, that's the thing that really drives Ahsoka now. Because she was so shaken by that moment. And at that point, the Sith Temple, you know, came down and she sacrificed herself Um and everybody thought she was dead. There's a way that she got out of it. I'm not going to get into that now, but um, I think yeah. that's, that's part of the with. reason. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why you know she's she's very um, restrained when it comes to Grogu because you know now, especially with she that interaction, it. she saw it. You know, and yeah, and again, it goes to the thing where a lot of people don't know that Anakin and Darth Vader in the galaxy are the same person you know yes that's true actually at that point in time people don't know that yeah you know we know it like the entire fandom knows it but like mm-hmm. now that i realize like yeah nobody really knows it you know at everybody that time. yeah everybody still thinks that anakin is a hero of the republic and darth vader is a totally separate person you know yeah. and that extends to even this time period you know so so she sends him over there to like find a a an old the remnant i believe of an old jedi temple and place him at the uh the the mouth of it you know yeah and then he will is this actually is this where is this where she saw the vision the 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 vision of um no no tython is is a planet that has been exclusive to the extended universe um, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's made. I think it may have been mentioned once in the animated shows, but okay. they never really expanded on it. But Tython is a huge planet in the lore of the Jedi because that is basically the birthplace of the Jedi Order. Um, yeah. You you look at Tython, and so the way Tython was was started is that you know a lot of people did a migration to the planet and there are two pla- there are two moons that surround tython one of them is called ashla and the other one is called bogun and um the people that were on the planet were force sensitive practitioners and every once in a while they would have to make a migration to one of the two moons because one of them was dark side one of them was light side and that's how they held the balance of the force on that moon now, eventually, um, those two moons, they kind of disaligned themselves. 
and that caused a cataclysm within the, the the planet itself where that's where you had the beginnings of both the Jedi and the Sith and they kind of separated on that way so the implications yeah. of bringing in Tython into the canon now is ginormous when it comes to yeah. lore. Yeah, because it, it kind of opens up the doorways for everything else, anything else that they want to do, whether it's like through through, uh, you know, live action or animated or books or future movies. This is kind of setting it all up, you know, which, again, I have like, you know, qualms about it, you know, which I guess I'll mention later and stuff. But um, but yeah, that's, you know, so Mando's next mission is to take Baby Yoda there to see basically what side he chooses, I, I assume or sorry, not Baby Yoda, but Grogu. To see what side he chooses, right? So, what are your? Wh- where do you feel? You know, knowing that this is where we're gonna go to next. Um, well, I don't know I, if we're gonna go there next episode. No, uh, I doubt it. I no, doubt I it think that's a final episode of the season. Yeah, moment. I agree too, because because also the other reason is that he's there to commune with the with that temple and try and mm-hmm. reach out to see if he can um he can reach out to any other Jedi that's out there in the universe because Which that's kind of like huge a huge implication. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of like the pinnacle that right there, you know, that's kind of like one of these, these points in time that the force is very, very strong. So, you know, to bring hmm. the child there at that point, it kind of amplifies his power so that he can reach out. It's kind of like a, a super, a super DM to any Jedi yeah. that are out there. <laughs> you know? Beacon. He's he's he's, but, he's gonna he's about to do the Jedi group text. But you know what? That goes both ways yeah. because if you're reaching out to Jedi's, you don't know who else Just you're t- reaching out to. Also, yeah. so, like uh, <clears throat> the Emperor. Yeah, the, the huge implication is one: who saved Baby Yoda on Coruscant during Order sixty six? What Jedi did that? And what Jedi is possibly or Sith is going to reach out to him when he finally arrives on this on on Tython? to commune and like reach out through the force through whatever it was a seeing stone or, or, or something like that mm-hmm. i mean yeah so do we do we see a cameo of like original trilogy jedi in this now no, or man. like prequel know. trilogy like or are we going to get an entirely new jedi or no jedi at all i think is like I, kind of the huge question do you want my thoughts i can give them to you real quick. yeah listen i, I want to hear everyone's predictions I, yeah. I really think that just like Jose said, this is going to be an end of the the season episode where, because Tython, you also have to remember it's it's part of the universe called the Deep Core. It's not easy to get to. There's a lot of planets that are kind of tightly packed in there, and that's why it's been hidden for so long. It's not an easy place to get to. So I think what's what's going to end up happening is that this is going to be an end of the the season episode where you finally reach Tython, which kind of makes sense because of all these freaking side quests that we're doing. You'll probably get get Moff Gideon catching yeah. up with them finally after that I, also in like I, this next episode or the final one. Actually, the, the last two episodes will probably be that whole conflict yeah. of them getting there and Moff Gideon catching up to them finally and because of the, the tracker taking, he put on their ship. Taking Baby Yoda. I, I fully expect that Baby Yoda is not going to be in Mando's hands at the end of the season. Yeah, that makes sense too. It makes sense too. So maybe it's not that, Moth that, Gideon. If it's not Moth Gideon, it's gonna be somebody else. Maybe you introduce a new character, but or it's Boba feeling, Fett. We completely forgot about Boba Fett. 
Yeah, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't know that that we don't that know. they're there because you know he's not force sensitive, and I think they're leaning more mm. toward bringing in those type of characters right now, especially with the maybe. But see, of, the thing is, then like, what's the point of bringing Boba Fett into the picture at all? In I'm the first still episode, trying to figure right? that out because they haven't. My, gone back this is where him, I think it is. Know? This is where I think it is. Right? I think Moff Gideon, you know, gets gets Boba Fett into into his services, and it's like, hey, you want to like relive and be a bounty hunter again? This is how you can be a bounty hunter. You know what that actually makes. And he a gives ton him the tools. Sense. He gives him the he gives him the tools, and like I said, he'll show up in the end of the uh, last episode and leave us on a cliffhanger, which for me, kind of, it's still like I, I just still this all of this still just makes me hate the fact that they they yeah. showed Boba Fett in the first. Well, episode. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't Boba Fett like like a ruler of Mandalore or something no, like that for never. a bit? Yes. Not in, not yes. In not in canon. Not in canon. Oh, oh my God, man! You guys got to stop doing that. Clearly, but, everything but that's no, been. No, but but oh if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about it, right? We got to talk about how it's canon. Now it, yeah, it was set the record. It was a, a thing in the extended universe, and it still could right. be right. But right. as of right now, we've never seen that. Well, now, I will but see, here's the with here's that. Dark here's saber, the man. If, that's if the wild card. Here's the thing. thing. It, one you know more what thing. that is. If the the thing about and and I'm gonna echo what you said, Gabe. Why introduce Boba Fett in the first episode when in like the third episode you make Moff Gideon say, hey, we've put a tracker on the ship? Or was it the fourth episode? Oh, yeah. That's the time where you put and you bring Boba Fett there because thematically then it makes sense. Because now you can say, you know what? The tracker is on. Moff Gideon has reached out to the best Boba, best bounty hunter in the galaxy. And now you have a legitimate reason to show him there. Not in that first episode, because that makes no sense. He just happens to be watching. Yeah. You know, it makes more sense to do it now because well, now maybe, there's a reason to do it. You know, maybe his motivations have nothing to do with this, though. I mean, he shows up right. in the first I mean, episode. Again, like, maybe, we, we don't know anything. We're speculating. We're speculating. You know, yeah. But, yeah. But, but, see, but, but again, going back to the whole thing, extended universe stuff is yes. A lot of it's not technically canon, but you have to assume that if they're going to make, you know, him surviving the Sarlacc pit and all that stuff, you know, canon, then you have to also assume that, like, the rest of his story is canon. But we haven't seen that anywhere, you know, and we, we've had. Right. That's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. the only that's reason fine. I'm saying. So maybe he, now he becomes the, the, the ruler of Mandalore because, you know what, the dark saber is still in play. And right. traditionally, so, whoever wields the dark saber is the ruler of Mandalore. So that could still be a thing. Yeah. It's just that they haven't shown that, you know, with in in any well, of I mean, the, again, like the, I, the just, timeline right now, you know? Well, it, the, ultimately, what, 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 what my, I guess, not trying to take issue, but, like, I don't know where the show is going, but not because there's a lot of intrigue necessarily, but because I feel like there's, like, you know, breadcrumbs that are, are, are left that shouldn't be left. Uh, I just, I, this is going to be one of those things where like, I'm scratching my head until it does make sense, yeah. you know, but right now, um, I'm not necessarily excited for Boba Fett's storyline. I'm not, you know, especially because like, obviously everything is pointing towards, you know, force sensitive, uh, storyline and, and, and world building, which has nothing to do with, with, with too much of Boba Fett's, you know, line, which again is why I don't know why he was even showing. You know, well, there's it, it's, one, it's upsetting. There's one thing that is in Boba Fett's backstory that could in, be involved in all of this that might 
that might pull him in to the to the I guess the main storyline in a way. If you think about it, he has very very good reason to hate Jedi. Like very good reason to hate Jedi because well, one killed his dad, right? With a with a clean chop to the head. And well, Luke Skywalker was instrumental in him basically going down that Sarlacc pit in the first place. I know it was Han Solo that did it, but it was him trying to get away from Luke and like focus on Han. Like all that stuff is is are some small good reasons for him not to like the mm. Jedi and possibly get involved in some sort of revenge on the Jedi. I mean, it's no, I, I, tenuous, I, I, but it's there. I would say I would say not just because like I believe he as a young Boba he um or rather a young adult Boba he kind of reconciled you know that past with him and stuff um with uh his hate for the Jedi and, and that's when he like became a full-fledged bounty hunter where he has no allegiances doesn't care he just wants to get paid he just wants a job so you know that whole thing with Luke Skywalker had nothing to do with other than money really um we got three more episodes so, to find out well, more yeah, than that. Only three. This only season. three. This season. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like we have three episodes to tie up Moff Gideon, Boba Fett, uh, Tython. Um, the the you know, the what's gonna happen as far as like what you know Grogu chooses and all that stuff, or who who comes in contact with Grogu and all that. So like, I don't I, I don't, don't think we're know. gonna get that. I think Walt's right, Grogu's yeah. gonna get captured and kidnapped before I we guess. even get to yeah. him trying to make that choice. Because if he makes um, that choice, then he's like pretty much not out of the show, but he's getting there, right? And then um, we're in, you know they'll save that reveal of the big character that reaches out to him maybe for early season three. I don't know. We'll is see. there is there anything more to add? Uh, does anybody want to give like a rating, or do we want to give an ep- this episode a rating? Uh, I don't know. I'd give I don't it think like. So. I, I will just say this: I think it was um, one of the better episodes of this season. For sure, um, you know, if if not the best, but um, I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for the story to really kick in. You know, I I, well, I think the last had, three have built the last three episodes have really been building though. It, it mm-hmm. has, but it hasn't in really stakes. focused on it. We still we're still side quest curious here. To know? me, this episode should have been episode three. Yeah, you could you could have gotten rid of the first two episodes and started started with these two, these last two, and, uh, and away you go, you know, because really the first two didn't have much consequence at all. Yeah, you know, I think these last two are leaning more toward the story than than anything, and that's why, consequently, those these two are, have been the best episodes so far. So I still give it. I would I would give it an eight out of ten, just because again it's one of the better episodes of this season. But I still feel like there's things left on the table for me so yeah uh all right if we're gonna rate it i would give it an eight and a half out of ten um the the thing that i enjoyed is is sort of something that i that i thought of as a big reason why even even when some sometimes star wars can be a little bit clunky excuse me clunky a little clunky in terms of maybe even dialogue or acting or or you know any aspect of it might be corny to, to paraphrase Eli. Um, the best Star Wars media that I've seen, you notice that it's better because one of the things that's great about Star Wars is it's not even necessarily acting, I think, for some of these people. It's like it's like 
playing make-believe with your friends, right? Because Rosario Dawson is a huge nerd, huge Star Wars fan. This was a dream role of hers. You can tell she's having a blast, an absolute blast playing Ahsoka Tano in this episode. And it shows. Like, and it really makes it fun. And I think, like, a lot of the other characters in this episode, like, you know, they, they have a good time with it. And that those are the best episodes and the best movies and, and, and best cartoons that we get out of Star Wars, I think. Um, so, yeah, like, I think, yeah, for me, it's like an eight and a half. It was a good episode. It gave me movie vibes in moments like some of the last couple of episodes have, which was pretty great about them. Some homages, but like, like, like you said, Wolfie, not, not imitation, but some inspiration was in this episode and the last one and the one before. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. And it was one of the best, if not the best episode this season, because I also really, really, really enjoyed the last episode. I thought it was a fun one, even if it was a side quest. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a good episode. Yeah. So um, on that note, uh, on the merit of making me feel <laughs> like I thoroughly enjoyed the episode, I'd give it a nine for the merit. Uh, narratively, I'd give it an 8.5, and that's because I felt like this was a departure. I felt this was a departure from the side questing because you're actually, well, getting to a Jedi. Okay, you got to a Jedi. Oh, wait, not quite a Jedi. But again, you have that side questy element, but this is the story. This is where he's been trying to get to. Now it's just... Have to go someplace else. So Your princess is in another castle. Huh? It's like it's like Super Mario Brothers. The princess is in another castle. Oh, Every yeah. castle you get to, you <laughs> yeah. gotta go to another oh castle. Oh my gosh, you just made it worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to do that? Oh god. I have a yeah. unique ability to do that. I know you do, especially with me. You trigger me. <laughs> oh so man. All right. All right. So, I mean, I guess that's where we're at. I can't wait for the uh, next episode. Um, it This kind of sucks for me to say. I can't wait for the season to be over just so that I can actually get some sort of semblance of a story. Because it does seem like we're kind of still just in the beginning parts of the story. See if it's all worth Six, it in the end, basically. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. It was good, though. Um, I get that. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah, generally a good episode, like you said. And we hope that all of you, our fans out there, enjoyed this episode, our episode of the Get Geek podcast. Um, we had a great time discussing what we've been geeking out about over the last uh, week or so, as well as what you've all been definitely watching, Chapter 13, The Jedi of the Mandalorian. Um, as always, we want to thank our fans out there for dealing with us when it comes to any sound issues or artifacts or any other audio problems of any kind. We are recording remotely to be as safe as possible. We have been doing so for a while. We think we've gotten better. We hope you think so too. And we thank you for tuning in. The best way to show that you like the Get Geek podcast and you like our crew is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. And I want to give a special shout out to Walt and AJ and Eli this week 
they have a brand new podcast as well that you can also find on all of your favorite podcast platforms. It's called the Cross Gen Podcast. Uh, it's basically just a couple of generations uh, talking about whatever the heck they want. And, you know, some of it is nerd culture. Some of it is serious stuff. It's really good. You should check it out. You guys should also check out Wolfie's podcast, uh, The Grappling Review. Um, we have a lot of great podcasts, and we hope that you enjoyed this one as well. So, as always, to all of our fans out there of all of our podcasts now, we do appreciate you. And, as always, please, please stay geeky, my friends. All right.